Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 12. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. In this session, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 6, where we'll see the Lord's Prayer and Jesus talking about money and almsgiving and prayer and worry, all sorts of good things. We're not going to see any specifically Catholic doctrines in chapter 6, but we will see some great teachings of Jesus that we should personally reflect on. So unless you're driving, turn to Matthew chapter 6 and we'll begin. He says in verse 1 of chapter 6, uh, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. So contrast that, if you will, with Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, where Jesus says, Your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So there seems to be a bit of a contradiction here, but there isn't. Uh, the key element is, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing good deeds um, in order to show glory for yourself? Or are you doing good deeds so that people will glorify God uh, by, by your example, etc.? So once again, it's all about motivation as opposed to the specific uh, things that, that you do. And moving on in verse 3, he says, uh, do not, when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret and your father who sees you in secret will repay you. <clears throat> By the way, this teaching on almsgiving, you won't find that in the other gospels. Uh, similarly, you won't find this specific teaching on prayer in the other gospels, though you certainly see uh, teachings about prayer. Verse 5, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 6, but when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. Um, I'm reminded of my own father. Um, we had a tradition, I'd always go in to say goodnight to him. Uh, before going to bed myself. And one time I uh, didn't knock and I entered the bedroom there and he was on his knees praying um, where obviously nobody could see him. And that, that made an impression on me. By the way, I asked him, what is it that you uh, pray for? And my father was not known as a patient man, but he said that he prayed for patience, which I thought was pretty ironic. Okay, so he, we're supposed to pray in secret. What are we supposed to um, what are we supposed to pray about, or um, how are we supposed to pray? In verse seven, he says, "In praying, do not babble like the pagans who think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him." So let's unpack that a little bit. Um, some of our non-Catholic friends would say, well, when you recite uh, rote prayers, you're uh, babbling um, like the pagans. 
and that Jesus refers to in, in chapter 7. Well, if that's the case, then um, stay tuned because we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer starting with verse 9, which is a rote prayer. There are many ways to pray. Uh, rote prayer kind of covers the bases, if you will, if we think about what we're saying when we say those prayers, as opposed to merely saying them because you think that, that you should. I think that's what Jesus is talking about. But Jesus welcomes all sorts of prayer. Prayer is, first and foremost, a conversation with God. It's a way of maintaining your relationship with God. And that answers the question um, that comes up, why should we pray if, as it says in verse 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him? Again, it's about a relationship. What sort of a relationship would a husband and wife have if they don't talk to each other? Um, they they uh, need to have an open line of communication. So does God need to know to hear your prayers for his sake? Of course not. As verse 8 reminds us, he knows what you need before you, you ask him. But you need God. You need to have that relationship. And so the only way to do that is through constant communication with him, which is what prayer really is. So it's all about a relationship with God. Then um, he says, this is how you are to pray. So to our non-Catholic friends who say that, uh, hey, you're just babbling when you say these rote prayers like the Our Father. Well, guess what? Right after he says, don't babble, he gives us the model prayer. This is how you are to pray. So let's unpack the Lord's Prayer a bit. The first part of it glorifies God. So whenever we pray, we are to thank God for what he has provided us, glorifying God. So he starts out, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I think on earth, many of us feel like uh, our own name is, is hallowed. We want to be our own gods. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Ooh, that's a big one right there. Your will be done. I think as your relationship with God strengthens, instead of asking for specific things, you will find yourself ultimately at the point where when you pray, you say, Lord, you know what's best for me. Let me do your will um, as, as you become a more uh, mature Christian. We'll never be all the way there on this earth anyway, but as we, uh, as we, uh, grow in our relationship with God, we ask ourselves, um, God, or we ask God, uh, show us the way. Let me do your will, not, not my will. Um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'll, I'll just back up for a minute. Um, sometimes I um, say this prayer. I'll say, Lord, I am a stupid, stupid man. And if you let me choose uh, this next path based on um, what I want. I'll screw it up. So please put a billboard in my uh, path so that even I will see what it is that you want me to do in in uh, this situation or um, in, in the future there. And so 
um, uh, that's important. Now, I would say that we all see billboards or we all come across billboards every day. When you're driving down the highway, you still see billboards in America, at least. And uh, But how often do we actually look at them? I'm not suggesting that you look at every cigarette ad or whatever, but uh, the point is we all see billboards every day, but we don't notice them. And I believe that God sends us billboards every day, but we uh, may ignore them. So we want to pray that we will see uh, what his will is. And the only way of doing that is by asking God to show it to us. Okay, um, moving on. Give us today our daily bread. So we're asking for human needs and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Of course, the greatest of debts that we have is to God himself uh, for Christ uh, forgiving our sins through his death on the cross. If we accept that uh, free, free gift, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So what is the corollary to that? If we do not forgive others, um, if we do not forgive our debtors, guess what? It is likely that um, Christ will uh, not be so uh, so quick to forgive our debts. Okay. And do not subject us to the final test. Again, this is kind of a, uh, uh, a suggestion that we, we not... Um, be so worried about the end times, if you will, the end of the world where it, it, is, it is thought that the, the world will just keep getting worse and worse and worse until, uh, until, until it ends. And so we pray that we not be subject to that final tribulation at the end, okay? But deliver us from the evil one. Now let's compare that with Luke's gospel a little bit. In Luke... Um, Luke, instead of saying, forgive us our debts, he says, forgive us our sins. So that is, uh, a, you know, a significant difference there. Um, but we would say that they are interrelated, wouldn't we? Because the greatest debt we have is to God for forgiving our sins. Verse 14, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, Neither will your father forgive your transgressions. So that sounds pretty serious, I think. He talks about fasting. We as Catholics, we fast uh, during, during Lent on Fridays during Lent, but it's quite appropriate to fast other times. Um, why do we fast, by the way? We fast because we, we give up something or we take on something to remind us of the greater sacrifice that Christ has made for us. And uh, so we are reminded of that sacrifice when we want that, uh, you know, that cookie or that food or that ice cream or whatever. And we say, no, I could have this, but I'm setting it aside to remind myself of the greater sacrifice that, um, that Christ has made for us. When he fasts, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. Um, okay, moving on. Treasure in heaven. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and decay destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor decay destroy 
uh, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. And of course, in America here, we are a, we're quite a consumer society, right? And we want to keep up with the Joneses and we want to have all of these things. Um, reflect for a moment on what things you own give you joy. And reflect for a moment about how many things that you have that you don't ever even use. And uh, so I, I think we are all called to simplify our lives to the degree that we're able. Um, and so that's one less thing to worry about. Um, I moved from a 4,000 square foot house to a one bedroom apartment. And I can tell you, I've never been happier because keeping up a 4,000 square foot house takes some doing, takes a lot of time um, and uh, a lot of effort that could be better spent pursuing really anything else. So, uh, and besides, uh, those things will waste away. But of course, the only thing that we are left with at the end of our lives is our relationship with God, which will continue for eternity. So uh, ultimately, um, that that's where we want to, um, you know, to put our, uh, to consider our treasure. Our true treasure is eternal life with, with God. Um, I was made aware of a lady who, um, lived in a house that burned down with her inside it. And she actually had some scars to prove that. She lost everything that she owned. And uh, I was talking with her about it. And I said, wow, that, and she didn't have any insurance either. And I said, that must have been the worst day of your life. And she said, actually, it was the best day of my life because um, I owned a lot of stuff that I wasn't using and I was in a bad situation. I was in a bad domestic situation. I was with a man who was abusing me. Um, but I didn't leave because I didn't have anywhere to go because I had all of this stuff. And my brother kept telling me, go, you know, come live with me. And she said, I can't. You don't have room for all of my stuff. Well, then her house burned down. And uh, all of a sudden, she didn't have any more stuff. So she was able to move and get out of that bad situation. She said it was the best thing that ever happened to her. So the stuff goes away. But the only thing at the end of your life that will remain will be your relationship with God. Okay. He, uh, he says the light of the body, the lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be in darkness. And so what he's saying there is watch what you have your eyes on. Are you, do you have your eyes on the prize of eternal life? Or do you have your eyes on the next material thing, the next house, the next car that, you, um, that you're seeking? Okay, then he teaches about God and money. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Um, the question is asked sometimes, a trivia question, how much money did Elvis leave behind? And the answer is, the, tr the correct answer is all of it. You can't take it with you. Uh, or said another way, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Dependence on God, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat 
or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Um, and, you know, the birds of the sky don't worry about uh, such things. Uh, your, your clothes, why are you anxious about your clothes? Um, that's a great verse, verse 28 for, uh, many ladies that I know, um, who, uh, have a lot of anxiety about what to wear to a, 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 a given thing. Um, it says, um, God knows what you want. He will provide you with, uh, with what you, uh, with what you truly need. Um, verse 33, uh, excuse me, verse 32 your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first, underline the, the word first, maybe even the whole verse 33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you besides. I had a discussion recently with a young lady who said, well, then there are people who believe in God that uh, do not have enough to eat on a given day. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, if you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it, it may well be that you do not have enough to eat on a given day. Um, it may even be that you starve to death. So what is God talking about here? Well, again, our life is eternal. This world is not our home. So if you seek God and his righteousness, you will have eternal life where there will be no starvation, there will be no pain, there will be no suffering, etc. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Um, sufficient for a day is its own evil. So stuff's going to happen. Uh, bad stuff's going to happen. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know ho who holds tomorrow, and it's God. So that's about all the time we have for today. Um, so let's reflect on some of these things and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these, uh, these teachings about prayer and almsgiving and uh, not worrying and the proper use of money. Um, we, we, know that, we know that we need money. We know that uh, money can do good things. Uh, we need money to do those good things sometimes. And so help us to put them in their proper perspective. Ultimately, we know that the teaching of this chapter is about relying on you, serving you, and putting things in proper perspective. We ask that um, you reveal to us your will so that we can do it uh, instead of merely just praying for our own um, um, selfish desires. Um, we ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, in the next time, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to begin with everybody's, it seems to be this in this day and age, everybody's favorite verse, which is, Judge not, lest ye be judged. So we'll unpack that a little bit next time um, on Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. Thank you.